Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by just football. Football is crazy. This season is already nuts. It is, without question, not at all what we expected. I don't think anyone predicted what it has been so far. Uh, we are 3-0. and We're going to talk all about it once we get into the episode, but just football, effing football, any given Sunday, Raymond, my goodness, it is just crazy. You just, as every time you think you kind of know what's going to happen in this sport, everything swerves and you realize you don't, do, you don't know anything, it's impossible to predict, and here we are. And before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we love to discuss football with you. Yes. Here we go. Week three is in the books. And lo and behold, we have two 3-0 teams left in the NFC West. One we don't care about. The other one is the one that this show is dedicated to, our beautiful 49ers. 3-0. Raymond, I can barely believe it. Here we are. But first, before we get into it, the greatest podcast intro in the game. The greatest fanalist is here. Your professor of fanalism is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom. Okay, Ray. Here we are. 3 and 0. Undefeated. Undefeated. And here's the tough part. I want to be so excited about this, but I can't. Because today's win was so terrible. This was a horribly played game by the 49ers. Regardless, 49ers win 24 to 20 in just classic end of fourth quarter antics, classic 49er fashion, come back from behind, win a game we have no business winning. This was a classic dirty 49ers win. But I, I can't be excited fully because we just played so poorly. But on the flip side, Ray, I also don't feel like this is one of those games that reveals that we're a bad team. I actually think we're a really good team. We just... I don't know. I don't know if it was being on the road for two weeks, being on the East Coast, maybe getting a little cocky after last week's win. I'm not sure. I think that there was a couple of mitigating factors that really played into this. But this game to me, it made me feel like it's not that the Steelers were good or that we're a bad team. We just kind of shot ourselves in the foot and really we put ourselves in position to lose this game. What are your thoughts? How do you feel? I know. We're, let's talk about everything. Being 3-0, this is great. What are your feelings now about the 49ers after today? 
I think they're still a young team that is trying to polish the Kyle Shanahan system. And that's because this is the first time that Jimmy G has played, you know, with majority of the starting roster and the pieces that we kind of, that we believe are, you know, can take us to the next level. And everyone's virtually healthy. And so I think I think that combined with some home jitters, I think you know, I think perhaps everyone was, you know, everyone had a really heavy emphasis on like trying to show out today because it was the first home game and we won two two games already and we won those games with stellar play on both sides of the ball. Not all of it was perfect. And so they really wanted to kind of come come out on this home opener and also make a statement, you know, and it didn't quite work out that way, you know, especially in the first, you know, two, three possessions uh, for, for us. And it was all on offense. And the defense, I think, has a little bit of an easier time because they, although you could make the argument if they were playing sloppy that, you know, you would, I would make the same argument for them because it's like, hey, they haven't been healthy, and so now they're actually able to play together as a starting roster. But I think now it's just like the healthy guys who have been there just know what to do. Everyone's kind of knows what what knows where they're supposed to be now. And more importantly, we have pressure up front that can really help takes alleviates a lot of pressure off of the secondary. And so those two go hand in hand. But overall, I mean, I'm still extraordinarily pleased with the win because it showed it exposed vulnerabilities that we have, things that we need to clean up. But it also, much like the Tampa Bay game, at least the first, you know, the, the early going of it, showed that the Niners have a lot of perseverance perseverance in their defensive unit. And where last year we were losing games to the defense, where the offense was kind of carrying the heavy load, putting points on the board, giving us a lead, and then the defense was unable to hold them by a lack of pressure, a lack of turnover, a lack of a little bit of everything. And now all of that fortune has shifted in the opposite direction. You know, last year we had seven takeaways all season long. You know, this year we have, through just three games, seven takeaways, five of those being picks. And we've gotten 32 points from all those turnovers. And that's second in the NFL in that particular statistic. So the fortunes have shifted dramatically. And even though the, the offense had a lot of jitters and just like miscues and timing today, they still were able to get out with the win. And to me, it like, it does like, I know there's some people that are like worried, like, Oh gosh, you know, I'm worried about the offensive line. or I'm worried about, uh, you know, the, the Jimmy G or I'm just not sure about, you know, the offense or whatever. Everyone's going to be just fine. Everyone's going to be just fine. I think that we should all be excited. We shall, because here's the thing. We've won three games. We've put up 96 points, which is, I think, second best in the entire NFC next to Dallas Cowboys that have, you know, one more point than we have. We've, we've put up 96 points. They put up 97. And so, you know, we're the second best offense, you know, by that margin. And so, and here's the thing, we played a sloppy game and still won against a really good defensive team, but a team that was also very, very vulnerable on the offensive side of the football. Mason Rudolph was horrible under pressure. That was very evident. And that's what you have to do with rookies like that. You know, it's not like Jimmy G 
Jimmy G makes mistakes under pressure just like any other quarterback does, but he also makes a lot less mistakes than a rookie does because he's been there and he's not afraid to take a hit. He likes to stand in the pocket and make those throws because he, he believes in himself, and that shows. You know, He was able to get a winning drive and a winning touchdown. The only touchdown on his stat sheet today was the winning touchdown. So that says a lot, and I think that uh, there's a lot to look forward to because the team can only get better based on their current trajectory. I agree with that. 100%. I totally agree with that. We are young. They're, you're seeing the ups and downs. You're seeing you know, them work through the inconsistencies. It's just the one thing, which I kind of mentioned at the beginning, that it just, it just for me, it taints the 3-0. Does that make sense? It taints it for me. I, I wanted it to be an ass-whooping like it was last week. I wanted to see this team come out and dominate the way they should have. And so it was frustrating for me to see them, you know, I guess, like, you know, to your credit, to, yes, Andrew, go through these growing pains and go through these things that, I guess, foolishly, and I'm probably not the only 49ers fan that, that is saying this, there's a part of me that expects every week now to be like last week if we're going against a weaker team. But that's not how the NFL works. This team is still very young. They're still trying to find their footing offensively. Uh, Defensively, this team is really gelling. And offensively, we're still not quite there. And this was a game where you really saw an offense that was out of sync. But you're right. Come from behind wins are important. And they're really hard to do in the NFL. And not a lot of teams can do them. And it does show a level of perseverance, especially for Jimmy G. These are the reps, right? These are the reps. These are the reps that this quarterback needs to gain the to to embody the level that we know he's capable of. These are the reps mm-hmm. he needs, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that we persevered, we didn't lose, we won in the final seconds that we kept pushing, it shows a lot because this is a team that offensively would have just died last year. It would have been over. You know, it would have been done. And so I I, I agree with you, but do you understand what I'm saying about how it kind of taints it, though? You can't. I can't fully be excited. Does that make sense? Um, a little bit. I, I don't. I I don't think I fully share that sentiment, which is why I, I which is why I presented my argument because I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the growing pains. I'm I'm like, all right, they're only just going to get better. A win's a win, and I, I guess I'm kind of I kind of adopt the mindset that they exhibit in the post-game press conferences which is like hey you know we got the w that's all that matters you know tomorrow we're going to go to work and start to focus on the areas which we can which which we can improve upon you know after watching the tape and i'm like perfect that's what you should do you know but but and and one of the reasons why i feel that way is like because a we're the fourth best rushing offense in the nfl we're middle of the road passing in terms of yards per game but we are the fourth best total offense in the entire nfl I was like, so despite the miscues with timing, the snap, you know, not handling the snap correctly, not snapping the ball on time, and just and then also costly fumbles. Despite all that, we're still fourth best in the league, and you know, which is why we're also three and zero. If you're you're making, you might be making these mistakes, but you're also you're also making more positive plays than you are negative plays, and it's a, and if it's enough to get you the win then you've got to feel pretty pleased about, you know, where where things can go from here. Because we've seen them, we've seen, you know, games where everything comes together. We've seen the 41-17 pounding. 
Um, we've seen the 31-17 where, where a game maybe starts a little shaky, but then really get kind of gets dominated in the second half. And then we've seen a game, now we've seen the, the third type of game where it starts off really rocky. Um, where it's it's where both teams are kind of exchanging blows and it's a low scoring game and then it really kind of comes down to the wire. So we've seen all three of those games now. Now needs to come. Now need to come. And, and it's been the first three weeks of the season, which is always the most you know inconsistent weeks. Unless you're like a very polished team with a very um, where everyone kind of knows what they're doing because you know you're working with a, a very polished system where a lot of the pieces have been in place for many years like like the Patriots Patriots are very polished they they come out of the gate looking like they're you know their week 10 version of themselves whereas a team like the Niners that's coming off of two seasons where they had you know nearly 40 guys gone unavailable you know only Akella Witherspoon was the only injury this week or, or th- this game and some kind of foot injury that's going to get an MRI tomorrow, so we'll know the severity of it. There was no other details given today. That's all we know. We know he didn't play the rest of the game when he got carted off, but then he also came back and was on the sidelines. Um, so hopefully it's not a big deal because we definitely need him. He's been playing almost almost lights out. Almost. Uh, he got he got beat hard by uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster today. But he, uh, but he also but and then Kwan Williams helped make up some of his mistakes in previous games with the pick today, so that was good to see. But I mean, statistically, they're still we're still top five in in the NFL, and that's even evident on the defensive side. Defensive side, we're second best total total defense in the NFL, second best. And you know, running, I think we're seventh best, and passing, we're like eighth best. So, you know, we're you top five, top five and top 10 positions is where you need to be in order to, you know, be in the hunt later on in the season. So the Niners just need to clean up some of this other stuff, like these pre-snap uh, miscues, like not snapping the ball on time. Jimmy's got to handle the snap better, things like that. Those will get cleaned up. And then Raheem Mostert, you know, they kept they kept giving him the ball to say like, hey, we're going to give you another shot here instead of, you know, they could have easily just benched him. And really shot his confidence, but he's he's a good player for the most part, and he led the team in rushing today. Again, you know, seventy nine yards, six point six average. You know, we're one of the best rushing teams in the entire league. So, and because we're able to do that so effectively, it allows Jimmy G's, you know, passing facilitation to be so much that much more better because we can run pre snap movement, we can run play action pass, we can do rollouts and all kinds of. Kyle Uzcheck had a huge uh, first half this game. He was amazing. Not only was he terrific blocking, as he always is, but he was also great uh, catching the ball today. Uh, that amazing stiff arm on, on Min, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I was just about to say that. He, yeah, that he was literally huge. threw him across the yes, field with one with arm. one arm. <laughs> it was yeah. so dope. It was and so it was dope. great because Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick, you got to give credit to the Steelers. They, they got a huge pick from Miami. It cost them a first-round pick, but it paid dividends immediately with an interception and a forced fumble. This guy single-handedly caused two turnovers for that team after coming to a brand new team with a brand new defensive system. So, but um, that was a that was a great kind of you know like, hey, you know you're not just gonna get one over on us to come here and and start creating havoc with your new team. You're gonna you're gonna also learn what it's like to play against one of the best you know offenses in the league. Totally, I get that, and you're right. Like as you're sitting there explaining all this and you know stating your argument, I'm listening. I'm thinking back to the 2011 49ers when Harbaugh first showed up, and and that was a, obviously this is, that was a completely different situation. That team was fully formed, actually much closer to the Sean McVay situation with the Rams. But mm-hmm. either way, 
2011 wasn't pretty, right? They kept winning, but it wasn't always pretty, you know, and it was, there was a lot of different ways that they won and they were still establishing their identity, still establishing what worked for them. And 2011 was a lot less polished than 2012 and 2013, right? Yeah, the and, passing game struggled a lot in the hardball system. He didn't have a, he was, he was, it, was a, it was a power running scheme and it just, it, he, he leaned on that quite a bit to, you know, to, to keep the offense chugging. Whereas we kind of use it as we like, we like to have it. We like balance just like Jim Harbaugh likes balance, but we use, it's very, it's very important to the Kyle Shanahan system based on how he runs the, the very intricate pass plays that he draws up, which is far above and beyond anything that Greg Roman ever came up with. hundred percent. Not only that, but you know, kind of going back to that, it, it wasn't fully formed and, mm-hmm. But regardless, it had been so long. I remember it had been so long since we had been good that I was just pumped. I was pumped every week. I was nervous every week, but I was pumped. And I think there's a little bit of that happening here. And you're right. Like, I've got to remember that this is a team that is still trying to form and find its way. And we're not there yet. You know, we're not. And But either way, like you said, you're right. A W is a W is a W. Now... Here's another thing that you and I are a little bit at odds with. I'm really happy that the bye is this week. I, I wasn't when the schedule was originally released. I was like, really? Week four? Are you serious? But I think after this these first three games and you know, kind of the ups and downs and the roller coaster ride that we've just been on, I actually think this is the best spot for the bye. But you don't. So tell me why you don't. Because the first quarter of the season is really about establishing a rhythm with the scheme that you've chosen to commit to. And with the team really starting to kind of build momentum into, you know, refining the scheme and mastering the scheme, I think that this buy is somewhat disruptive, especially since majority of the teams in the NFL don't have this early buy. They have week 10, week 11, week 8. You know, a uh, uh, late mid mid season and beyond is where all of the buys should be scheduled in this sport. Not week three. Week three, it's like you're trying to get through the first four games of the season because because of the reasons I already stated. Because you're really trying to get a rhythm of the new season with the new players on your team and the new schedule of opponents and their new players and their new schemes. Everyone's trying to get acclimated to the new. There's a, there's a four-week, one-month period where all the teams are getting acclimated to the new season because of how physical the sport is, and that's, that's within those first four games. And to have that disrupted on the third after the third game to me just doesn't make any sense I mean, maybe maybe they're maybe they did it on purpose because we've had such so many injury problems that they thought maybe an early buy would be more beneficial to us to to help us keep pace you know with with um with the physical demands of, of football i don't know i don't know what the thinking was but you know it doesn't seem like it seems like everyone has accepted it but if they could have it their way kyle shanahan wouldn't have it this early that's the impression i get anyways I think that's fair. I totally think that's fair. But here's the flip side. I think just just looking how looking at how wonky today's game was, this buy to me, this is the perfect spot for it. Because now it's like, okay, okay, let's slow down. Let's take a breath. Let's regroup and let's prepare. Let's 
couple weeks and prepare for the Browns because the Browns are going to be our first real test this season. This is the first one. And then right after that is the ultimate test. It's the Rams. It's the ultimate. That, that is that. What, wait, wait. What makes you think Cleveland's a bigger test than any of our other opponents so far? Up to this point? I mean, Bengals, I, I, can, I can see that. They're, I think they're more talented than Cincinnati. You know, they're obviously in the same division. Cincinnati hasn't won a game. You know, uh, Tampa Bay has the same record as Cleveland, although Cleveland has a bit more talent, although, you know, Tampa's, you, you could probably make arguments for that. But any, but I, I want to hear your take. Because I feel like the Browns are in a similar position that we are. They're They're a team that is forming. They have a really great, on paper, they have a great offense that's still trying to find their footing. They have a pretty good defense that is fairly solidified, that's very solid. And I think that this is a team that is at a similar level with us. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh has been decimated. You know, they're, they're, again, great defense, but this is a team that was not on the same level. That I feel like with all the injuries and all of the upheaval and the change, they're they're just in a whole different spot right now. And like you said, the the, the Bengals are a mess. They're a mess. Tampa Bay, mm, ah, 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 that's all. They're kind of of whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're kind of whatever. But but the Browns, the Browns have they have a pretty good, pretty good offense. They have a pretty good, solid core there. And this is they do, but they're younger than us. I mean, some of their players are you know from the same draft classes as some of some of our players. But I think the quarterback position, the coach, that's all brand new. Um, So you know, where 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 we have three years of this of this, you know new regime that we're trying to establish they're on you know game four or they just concluded game three and are moving on to game four against us yeah and but i think that with wide receivers like obj and jarvis landry they have that veteran leadership they have that veteran experience at an extremely heavy hitters there those are two uh probable wide receivers they've got yeah Absolutely. And it makes a difference. Now, they still haven't been able to capitalize on it because they're young. But I think that I think this team, in a lot of ways, is in a similar boat to us. And that's what I like about the challenge. That's why I think this is a great, a great team to face after the bye, because they're not that far off from us. They're, they're, they're trying to do the same thing we're trying to do. They're trying to level up. They made a lot of moves in the offseason to improve this team, and they're trying to level up. I agree. I think, I think our quarterback is better. I think our coach is better. I don't think our wide receivers are better, but I think that those two pieces are more important. But having said that, I just think it's the biggest and best challenge that we've, we will have faced up to this point. And I think after kind of having the, the up and down ride of the first three weeks, regardless, even though they're, they're all wins and that's great, it was up and down, you know, a little inconsistent. I think having these two weeks to just stop and go, let's analyze the first, the first three weeks. Let's see what we did right, see what we did wrong. Let's regroup and prepare for the rest of the season. I think it's as much as I didn't really like this at first, I'm actually pretty okay with it. I'm like, this is a great time. We stop right here because next up, is the Browns, and then after that is the Rams. And there is a really strong chance that that game is for the NFC West, the first real battle for this division. And I just think it's a great it's, – it, it couldn't come at a better time. You know? Yeah, and the, Ram, the Rams narrowly got by Cleveland. They, and that says a lot. It says a lot. I was watching this game very closely. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. 
I was watching that game really closely because I wanted to see where the Rams were and I wanted to see where the Browns were because I knew I know that the Browns are coming up next. And I thought they showed a lot of fortitude, a lot of perseverance, a lot of potential. They, they, they were a tough out. And you also started to see a little bit of the, you know, the cracks in the wall of the Rams empire, so to speak. I don't, for lack of a better term, I would hardly call this an empire. I'd call it a flash in the pan. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but you know, you, you started to see a little bit of the kinks. And I've, I've, compared, I've compared this Rams run to the Harbaugh era a lot. I think they have a lot in common. You know, uh, the, the, uh, the Sean McVay, Jim Harbaugh inherited these really good teams, both of which went to the Super Bowl in the second year, both of which lost. And I do believe that this year they, they remind me a lot of the 2013 49ers. You know, I think that they're still really good, but I think that you're you're seeing where the ceiling is here. And it's a lot more obvious than it appeared last year, especially with Jared Goff. And and I thought the same thing. I was going to say, yeah, their ceiling is definitely, you know, the if you wanted to know who was creating that ceiling for the Rams, it is definitely Jared Goff. Yes, 100%, which we discussed before the season. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bottom 10 in passing this year in offense they're 16th in total yards um they're, they're still top 10 in a rushing team because todd Gurley's great and his and malcolm brown is good too and you know they're still top 10 offense you know they put up a lot of points but we put up more points than them we're number five in the league we're again like i said earlier we're number four in total yards passing we're middle of the road we're 15th but we're better than them they're 22nd and rushing we're the fourth best rushing offense in the league we average 175 yards a game right now. And I think it's it's tough because Moster and Brita and the zone running scheme, you know, caters to multiple different running styles and, and multiple different looks. That's just really, really hard to stop because it's because it's very dynamic. It's very unique. It's very different from what the other teams are doing. So and, and I think, you know, the Rams game is just is is based on you know a good offensive line and a very talented back you know mainly one back versus our committee running back system and that's evident in the stats when you look at stats it's very clear you know Raheem Mostert 75 yards Matt Breida 68 that's very very even Jeff Wilson who is continues to be the go-to back for red zone offense you know scored two touchdowns again so um, this is this is great. You know, we kind of have a role for all of our backs. Even though Jeff Wilson, you know, to me, it's like I don't think of him as like the the go to back for like power running in the red zone. But for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan believes it, and it's gotten us four scores. So, you know, I, I can't I can't argue with that with the results. No, not at all. And yes, I I agree with everything you're saying. Let's let's talk let's talk about the Rams a little bit because they have they've looked pretty. Rocky, these first three games out. Now, I mean, Jared Goff, Jared Goff is really bad under the pressure, and so there, I feel like you know when he has all time, when he has time to throw, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. But that's which, every quarterback, which, right? Well, not every quarterback is Pro Bowl caliber, you know. But I think I think Jared Goff has a lot of good weapons around him. You know, he has he has a running back that can catch just as well as any receiver on the team which is, you know, standard now for if you want to be a top NFL team, you got to, your running back's got to be able to catch too. And they have that. 
They have a great offensive line, although, you know, this year things haven't been as smooth. And their running game's still decent, although Todd Gurley's still – even though Todd Gurley's great, he does not look 100% this year. No. And I'm not sure I'm not sure what it is, but he does not look like his normal self. And that might hurt them down the stretch if indeed he's not 100% and he keeps getting, you know, keeps getting the, the workload that he's getting. So it, it might – you know, come back to bite him. We know that without without Todd Gurley, this Rams offense is a vastly different from how they like to operate. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I Goff, I think, unlike like Jimmy G has made bad throws under pressure, but he also there's a poise about him where he's you know he's willing to sit there and take the hit to try to make the throw. Especially if he if he reads the blitz. You know, if he reads the blitz on the right side, you know, he wants to throw to the right because there's there's a free man on that side. You know, Jared Goff, Jared Goff has a slightly longer delivery. And so in the face of pressure, you know, that kind of thing can hurt him. And we've seen that. We've seen him make bad throws. I think he, what he had, like two picks today, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't look all that great against uh, this team. You know, the defense, again, the, the defenses will bail out the Rams in this game, much like uh, the defense bailed us out in two two of our three games uh, on this one. So I think, um, but I think that we're much more talented than they are and that we will put up a better fight than they did in Cleveland. Because A, it's going to be Monday night, and B, it's a home game. Ooh, so hold on. You you think, you think that, right? I mean, I, I get, I get stats-wise, but let's go just, let's forget about the stats for a second. You believe right now that the 49ers, as currently built, are more talented than the Rams as currently built. Yes. Ooh. Well, our running backs are healthier. Our offensive line is better. Um, our defense, our defenses are pretty evenly matched, I would say, right now. But, but I think offensively, Kyle Shanahan. Remember, McVeigh is a derivative of Kyle Shanahan, not the other way around. Yes. Yes. So. So Kyle Shanahan's play design is better than Sean McVay's. It's more dynamic. It's it's more complicated, and that that's why you have the results that we have. That's why we score more points than they score. Some of it is obviously attributed to defensive scores in Week One, but overall, you know, forty-one points just on offense alone last week. You know, twenty-four this week on offense. So, and that's with two picks. But, you know, I think it's more dynamic. That's why I think, like, in, in Monday night when we play, I think I think Cleveland's going to obviously come to play. You know, they, they played really good Sunday night. Or what was it? Um, was it Sunday night or Thursday? They've, they've had two national broadcasts already, uh, Cleveland has. Very surprising uh, for that franchise. Well, the Niners but, had that when Jimmy G last year. It was scheduled, but then they took a bunch yeah, away. And, yeah, I think because of all of the acquisitions they had this past offseason, I think, you know, they they got a lot of hype built up. On, on I think, yeah, I think them. they have so five. Actually, they garnered five. some some national press from that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, they're going to be playing in San Francisco, technically Santa Clara, but you guys know what I mean. They're playing in San Francisco. they got to travel to the West Coast. So I think that's going to be... I think uh, you know. I think we'll put up a better fight. It's not going to be a coming down to the very end where Baker Mayfield's got to make, you know, uh, try to try to make a fourth quarter heroic pass to win the game. 
It's not going to come down to that. I don't think so. I think, oh man, you do present a good... It's kind of a pseudo preview. <laughs> yeah, you do present a good argument about the Rams. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I will say this. I think their wide receiver core is better. Cooper Cup is a beast. Yes. Cooks is a beast. Woods is a beast. I think they're. We have a bunch of young. We have a bunch of one year. You know, we have a bunch of young guys that really haven't established themselves yet. Yeah, our our running back core is better. It's it's designed differently. Obviously, um, obviously our I I think our quarterback's better. Even though it's so. It's funny. I was just thinking this, and and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to say it. I'm sitting here going, the Rams, you know, haven't looked that that good in these first three games, but they're also three, and zero. and the 49ers arguably haven't looked at their, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a pretty low moments. We're still three and zero, but there's some pretty low moments in these, in these first three games. Like it's, it's Jared, Jared Goff has to, has to, has more volume. He has to, in order for him to get, to be efficient, he has to. So it's kind of like you equate it to basketball, right? Like, uh, what's his name? James Harden is a volume shooter. So in order for him to get all of those crazy offensive statistics, he has to put out a really high, unusually high volume of offense out there, of you know shot attempts. The same thing when I'm comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to Jared Goff. These guys have almost identical stats for the season thus far, but Jared Goff has made like 20 more attempts He's made a few more completions, but he's had to make a lot more attempts to get to get there. Jimmy G has made the exact same amount of passing yards this year so far, which is 739 compared to 738, but he's done it in fewer attempts, which means Jimmy G is more efficient. He's, he's being more efficient with the football than Jared Goff is. And look at our running statistics. Todd Gurley has 200 yards, 203 yards. Malcolm Brown, 97. On our side, Matt Breida has 226 yards on almost the same amount of carries, has a better average at 5.5, and Raheem Mostert has 202 yards at a 5.9 average than Malcolm Brown. So it's, the running game is way more balanced, way more balanced. Double the amount of productivity out of our second back. That's almost equal to our primary back. And then on the receiving side, um, again, the, the Rams have a clear advantage there. Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks both have, you know, a lot more yardage than our best receiver, which is George Kittle again. But George Kittle has zero scores. So George Kittle definitely needs to get involved in the red zone game. Oh, yeah. Especially for my fantasy team, more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for fantasy. Absolutely. So, Raymond, one last team I want to touch on very briefly what happened to them Seahawks, man? What happened? Ouch. Ouch, Seahawks. Oh. Ouch. Suffered a big loss today. Because they're just, you know, kind of, I, I don't want to say they're they're not a shell of themselves, but they're definitely, you know, they've, I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I mean, Russell Wilson played crazy in the fourth quarter and got them within, you know, one possession and put up 20 points in the fourth quarter, but this team was scoreless for two quarters. And New Orleans was just running them, which is weird because New Orleans is terrible on the road. Yeah. Although they've, they've been really good the last couple of years. They've did, I wouldn't say they've, they've been way worse on the road before they got back to their playoff form. They were way worse. 
but they just don't play as well on the road. They've still been getting wins, but most of their losses the last two years have come on the road because they defend home very well. So for them to go on the road and and again, they had to it's almost like the the injury to Drew Brees like kind of made them realize that they all have to step up on every phase. They have the to game. rally. If yeah, exactly. So we saw them score defensively, we saw them score on special teams and we saw them score on offense, you know, with their go-to Alvin Kamara. So they they needed all three phases of the game to win this game. It wasn't just a let's let Drew Brees steamroll this team and then you know we'll just do enough to keep them off the scoreboard this time the whole team rallied and that was that was pretty surprising i didn't think that new orleans i thought new orleans was going to get beat bad i thought they're going to get beat, beat real bad but they did they surprised me <clears throat> they did and, and i mean i think most people did i i, I assume mm-hmm. that as well i think i think most people kind of left them for dead until breeze comes back but if yeah they, pretty if, sure the vegas odds had them you know as under as huge underdogs yeah, I mean, if they can hold on long enough, you know, one or two more wins, they're still in it. And then Breeze comes back and, and they're good, you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely Seattle shockingly dropping down one. And now the 49ers and the Rams are locked, hopefully, in a – well, the battle's inevitable, but hopefully it is for first place in the NFC West. I'm very, very excited. So what say you, Goldcast Nation? What do you think? How do you feel about this 3-0 start? Do you think the buy is coming at the right time? And how do we how do we fare up against the Rams? Let us know in the comments. YouTube.com slash the goldcast. Comment right there and let's discuss it. Let's talk about it. Raymond. Yeah, because we have two weeks. <laughs> we we kinda have a, a while to go now. I mean, we're obviously gonna post more between now and uh, our next game. But uh, we're going to spread some of it out a little bit. Yes. Before we get to that really awesome Monday night game, and that's on Monday, October seventh at five fifteen p.m. Pacific Daytime, Week Five, Cleveland coming to town. Oh man, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah, the fact that it's Monday night. Oh man, it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so exciting. I cannot wait. I can't wait. This is this is a great time. This team is way ahead. Excuse me, way ahead of schedule. I did not expect them to be where they are and it's a really exciting time right you didn't either we didn't well i mean i had some i had i hoped (laughs) you know of course but i certainly didn't expect you know i just hoped and so far that hopes come to fruition although i think because i was assuming ben roethlisberger and james connor and juju were going to be you know all playing together at this time of the year not a ben roethlisberger less steelers team I think I had this as a loss. I think I had us at two and one at this point, but you know, I'm happy to be wrong on that one with a three and zero. I think I had us at one and two. I think right this something like that. We'll have to look at the sheet. Yeah, let's look at the sheet. But I believe that's where I had us. Either way, three and zero is fantastic. It's awesome. I believe they said today the last time the 49ers were three and zero was 1999. I believe was the last time. That I think was, they said 98. Oh, 98. Yeah, which yeah. is Steve Mariucci's year with Steve Young, where they went. That was the year of the catch three. No, two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Catch three is Alex Smith. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was a catch two. Anyways, 3-0, and baby. Go Niners. Awesome win. Awesome, awesome. Raymond, any final thoughts? Um, 
I hope that Akella Witherspoon's injury is something that can be mended with Dubai. As, as far as that isolated injury is concerned, the bye comes at a very opportune time. There you go. And for, for me, as I said before, I think, it, it to, to yes, Andrew, I think this is a great time for the bye. And I'm really excited and I'm really happy and it feels good to be 3-0. and It's a great feeling. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So 49er faithful, Goldcast Nation, bask in it. Enjoy this 3-0. and It's a great feeling. Regardless, a win is a win any given Sunday. We are here. We are in the mix. It is on. The team we were promised when they signed Shanahan and Lynch has arrived. Let's go. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. This is, is the gold cast.